living room and I hope you're all well and uh, had a good weekend uh, so far. So we're going to be here for the next about 45 minutes. We've got various bits and pieces for you to watch and enjoy. Um, but while everyone is getting ready, just a few thank you. Thank you to everyone um, that sent in their join-in photos. If you missed those, do just rewind back uh, later and look in the countdown. A big thank you to Jeff, who didn't send in a photo of him in his favourite place, because his favourite place is the bar. So thank you, Jeff, uh, <laughs> for that one. Um, yeah, next week, uh, join in photos. I would like you to send in photos, please, of you in or on some kind of transport. So in or on some kind of transport. Transport is a mode of travel, a car, a bike, a horse. My favourite transport is... You haven't really been on any bus? You've been well, on a bus, bus. you've been on a train. train. We went to train. Yeah. We've been we're on, on the a train. A double-decker bus, because we've been on that to get to the train. Or a double-decker bus. Ooh, that's exciting. I quite like going double-decker bus at the front. It always feels yeah. like you're going to hit trees and things. Yeah. Yes. What do you want to... What do you like going on? Train. 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 At the moment, yeah. we haven't got Joel with us because we've got a train set. Just underneath the camera shot. So yes. he's been playing with it's, his yes, train. Yes, there's so a big train that's just down here. So, so he can't move anywhere close to the camera. <laughs> so um, his favourite would be trains, I uh, think. You've got a new mode of transport. You're collecting your um, bike soon. Mm. Yeah, got a new bike for Jen. You haven't driven a bike for not very long, really? since you were a teenager. It's not very long at all. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> that's great. Send it to join.in or hawleybaptist.org.uk pictures of you in or on some mode of transport. Ah. Now, in a bit, I'm going to share the top five UK one-hit wonders, okay? Uh, one of those songs that are just amazing. You love them, but for some reason, the artist never managed to produce any other good hits. So we're going to do the top five in a moment. But just, uh, could you just write in the comment section, what is your favourite song? Okay, what's your favourite song? Um, do you have a favourite song? <laughs> Ellie, do you have a favourite song? You girls like the Trolls soundtrack, don't you? Um, I also like um, the... The Aladdin one? Yeah. Oh, Speechless in Aladdin, the real people one. Yeah, the real people one. I like Speechless. Let It Go. Let It Go. Yes. Yes. That's our favourite song. No, I haven't really either. There's some great one-hit wonders though, like Spaceman uh, by Babylon Zoo. Well, you like Zoo. a lot of the one-hit wonders, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Saturday Night by Wickfield. Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla right, anyway, Ice. Yeah, anyway, we could go on for ages. But I'm going to give you now, or actually we're going to play them, okay? So we're going to play clips. Each clip's quite short. To avoid copyright issues, every clip must be less than 10 seconds long. Okay? Yes. Well, name that tune in. Yeah, so, well, I'll <laughs> tell you. So um, I'm going to play them so you can hear them. And I'll tell you what the top five is. So here we go, let's press play. A little bit of Monica. Mambo number five by Lou Bates Fader, 1999. Oh, next one. Number four. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the I walk 500 miles for claimers 1988. No, Scotland. Your accent was shut up. <laughs> number three, Oh, right, what's number two? It's raining men by the weather girl. 
podcasting to this at the end of the evening. And then the number one. Video killed the radio star by Ronald Knight and Amy. Amy made there we go. 10 seconds so the, of dancing. So with the 10 stories. seconds of dancing. You have to go on YouTube now and find those songs. Total. So you can listen to the whole uh, thing. Now, we had we didn't technically have a memory verse last year last week. Jen uh, no, Jen, I can't speak. Ellie did read Isaiah 41 verse 10, but I thought it was so long that no one would want to do it as a memory verse. But we did get someone sent in uh, then do reciting this memory verse. So here we go. Be afraid, but do not be dismayed because I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you in my righteous hands. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Wow, that was, that was very, very impressive. Very impressive. Um, but we, so we have got a memory verse for next week. I've, I've, I've chosen one which is a little bit shorter. Uh, and it's Psalm 145, verses 8 to 9. So two verses. Psalm 145, verses 8 to 9. Do you want to grab that, Ellie? Nice and loud. Okay. okay. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Excellent. Well done. Well, well Thank done. you. The reason I've chosen that verse is Jonah quotes that in our story that's going to come up. So we're going to be having the last final part of our three-part sermon series looking at Jonah. So in a bit, we're going to have um, a story and a craft. Thank you, Dad. Uh, and I'm going to talk a bit about that. We've also got prayers from uh, from Helen. So thank you to her as well. And some more songs as well. But actually, we've got two songs coming up. Okay, now. Uh, the first one. Oh, they're all hanging off me. Sorry, I'm getting pushed about. That's quite hard work today. This is Amazing Grace. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? This is Amazing Grace. This is Unfailing Love. Sing loudly. Well, it's too high for an oxyfire. Right, let's just, you, you just chat amongst yourself and work out what's going so on. So, girls. Right, let's try it for both. Hello. Let's that, that sounds better. Right, here we go. Let's try it again. again. <laughs> Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty? And so much stronger, the King of glory, the King of all kings. Who shakes the whole earth? Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King of all This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. 
going. Well, so, we just got an announcement quickly from Daz, and then we'll go from that straight on to our story and our craft and the rest of the service. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do continue to join us, and I hope you have a great time. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you soon. So, cheerio! Bye! Hey, everyone. Here's a message for the children. In two weeks' time, we're going to start doing an extra YouTube video just for you. Really? Every week at 10 o'clock in the morning, you can tune in right here yes! on the Holy Baptist YouTube channel for your very own virtual Sunday school. We're going to have a story, we're going to have a craft, we're going to have a game every week, a challenge we're going to set you, so you can watch along and join in with that. Ask your adult to subscribe to this channel and like our Facebook page so you can keep up to date when we let you know about things you might need or we want to ask you to join in with challenges we've set. We're also going to be hosting a little online call every two weeks so we can see things you've made so you can tell us about the challenges and the things you've been up to. So once again, like, subscribe to hear more or email to get included in email updates as well. See you soon. So Jonah had learnt his lesson and finally headed to Nineveh. He went through the whole city telling people God will come and squish them in 40 days time. And they believed him. When the king heard about it, he got everyone together and said, no one must eat. What? And we must all wear itchy, uncomfortable clothes to show God how sorry we are. And you know what? It worked. God decided that they'd finally taken him seriously. And he didn't squish the Ninevites like he promised. Hooray! This made Jonah angry. He said, I knew you would do this, God. This is why I ran away, because I knew you'd forgive them because you're so kind and loving. But they deserve what was coming to them. Oh, I'm so mad. Jonah went and sulked. Bruh. God made a plant grow up to give him some shade. Then the next day, God sent a worm to eat that plant, and Jonah got mad again. Hey! God said, You cared about this plant even though you'd never looked after it, and it was only around for one day. So you can now see that I care for hundreds of thousands of people in Nineveh who've been around for a lot longer than this plant. Three colours. 
then you fold them and glue them like this. Amazing! Now cut three circles for the middle of the flower. And glue them on. And this will remind us of the story today of Jonah. Don't forget to share your card on our Facebook page. Bye for now. I think as a society, really as humans, we have a real uh, strong sense of right and wrong with a sense of justice and we want justice to be served. Our newspaper front pages and columns are full of demands for justice. Maybe it's the sacking of some dodgy politician or asking for tougher sentences for a criminal. We want bad people to be punished. We want wrong, wrongdoings to be punished. So how do we respond when justice isn't served, when people get away with doing bad things? Well we're going to look at the story of Jonah now as we come to our third and final part of this story and see how Jonah responded. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah this seemed very wrong and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? 
Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort, and Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? previous sermon, in our previous part of the story, Jonah had spent three days in the stomach of a fish having been chucked off a boat by some sailors and he's vomited back onto the shore and he finally gets the point and does what God asked him to do in the first place which was go and preach to Nineveh because God was planning to destroy the city of Nineveh and all its inhabitants. And that's exactly what Jonah did. He approaches the city of Nineveh, which probably included all the surrounding areas as well. And as soon as he gets there, he starts preaching doom and gloom to the inhabitants. That in 40 days, they would be destroyed. I almost imagine him as some sort of, um, you know, prophet wearing a sandwich board with the end is nigh written on it. And I think he's kind of was getting some sort of perverse pleasure out of this. At last, this enemy of Israel, these people that did disgusting things, terrible things, evil things, people that were so far away from being uh, what God had designed them to be, finally these people were going to get their comeuppance. But then the worst thing happens. They hear the people of Nineveh, they hear Jonah's message of doom and gloom, which seems to offer no help, and they respond. They listen to the message and they realise that they've done wrong, and they repent. They wear sackcloth, they uh, go into mourning, they show repentance and sorrow. And then the king, the, the commander-in-chief, so to speak, um, hears about Jonah's preaching and he too he takes off his royal robes he puts on sackcloth he sits in the dust he says sorry to God and he sends out a, pro a proclamation to all his people to do the same to stop to cry out to God to stop their evil and violent ways it even includes the animals in the proclamation and God hears their repentance and he relents and no longer is he going to punish the city of Nineveh like he had told Jonah that he would do. 
So how did Jonah respond to all this? Well, I would have thought he'd be overjoyed at last. He'd been listened to. People have responded to the words. It's, it's like a prophet's dream. People had listened to him and that didn't happen very often. And not only did they listen, but they, there was this mass repentance. Surely that's exactly what Jonah, a prophet of God, would have wanted. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was the complete opposite of what Jonah uh, wanted. In chapter 4, we are given this picture of Jonah, who was really quite upset uh, with God. Now, I'm guessing that children were the same in the time of, that the book of Jonah was written as they are now. They have a real sense of justice. They have a real sense of right and wrong, at least when it comes to uh, getting their own way and doing what they want. And when they don't get their own way, they have a tendency to throw a tantrum or they uh, go into the sulks. And that's really exactly what Jonah does. He just says, God, this is this isn't right. This is this is completely wrong. You sh you should be destroying these people. You should be punishing them for for all the bad things that they have done. God, you've just you're just a pushover. You, you, I knew that I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen if I came here and, and preached for repentance. I knew that you would let them off the hook because you're a loving God. You're kind and compassionate, abounding in love. Jonah uses the very character of God against him and tells God off, basically. And then Jonah just goes into massive overdramatic modes and just says, oh, I wish I were dead. A bit like a sulking child, really. See, God then tries to explain to Jonah why he did what he did through a, a practical illustration. See, Jonah, he sits himself down, he makes himself a shelter which overlooks the city, and God uh, causes a lovely leafy plant to grow over where Jonah was sitting. It provides shade for his probably bald head and Jonah felt very happy about that he was he was pleased but then the next day God sends this worm that eats away at the the plant and it withers and it dies and then God sends a scorching wind so you got Jonah sitting there in the sun being blown about about by a hot wind and he's just like oh I just want to die this is absolutely awful and God tries to, to reason with him and, and says, look, if you are so concerned about a plant for which you, you didn't tend, you didn't cause it to grow, then why shouldn't I be concerned about the people of Nineveh? People who are numerous, people who are ignorant, but people who were created in God's image and loved by him shouldn't he have compassion for them you see that's where the book of Jonah ends we don't hear what Jonah's particular response was to God but it leaves us with some questions really and particularly it leaves us with some questions about the character of God I mean 
Who is God? Is he a angry, violent authority figure? A God, a deity sending lightning bolts down to earth? Or is he some peace-loving hippie sitting up in heaven showing love and peace to everyone? See, surely God can't be both, can he? You can't be both just and judging and be loving and forgiving at the same time. And yet that's exactly what God is. God is both of those things. God is holy, he's separate, he's otherly, he's not of this world, he's not of this creation. And he's holy, he's righteous, and he's just, and he's concerned with justice and righteousness and morality. But also he's a God who is loving and compassionate and gracious and close. So how can he be both? How is it possible for us to reconcile two competing, contrasting images of God? Well, I think it could be summed up really in one word or one name, and that's Jesus. See, Jesus was, a, was God in the flesh, God who moved into the neighbourhood, and he's a man who demonstrated a real strong sense of right and wrong, of morality. is the man who demonstrated a real strong sense of justice. He's a man who got angry when he saw injustices. And yet he's also a man who loved and healed, a man who showed mercy, and a man who came alongside those who had been rejected, the outcasts of society. But still, justice must be served. Wrongs must be punished. You can't be loving and forgiving and just and righteous at the same time. Well, perhaps that's where the cross comes in. You see, the cross is a symbol of justice. For the Romans, it was upon which they nailed criminals, people who had done wrong against uh, the Roman Empire, usually people who were, you know, terrorists, really. And that's where Jesus was nailed too. It's where Jesus died. But what people didn't realise at the time, and we can only really know from looking back through the lens of the New Testament and the words of Jesus, was that this death on the cross, it was actually God's solution to the problem of justice contrasted with love. That when Jesus died on that cross, he stood in place of all humanity, a humanity so marred with sin and wrongdoings and God demands justice. God is a righteous God and the wrongdoings need to be 
punished, that we have a death sentence hanging over us, just like those people of Nineveh. God announces that, that death sentence. But it's, it's as if God is the judge announcing the death sentence and he gets down and he steps into the dock and he takes the place of the criminal. That's what Jesus did on the cross. God coming down as a human being to take our place, to bear our sins and to take the punishment for our wrongdoing. I mean, what a sign of, what a demonstration of love and forgiveness, but also justice and righteousness as well. You see, one of the most important things about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is that through the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our minds, we become convicted, we become convinced of our own wrongdoing, our own sin. We realise that compared to a holy and righteous God, we are so dirty and marred that we are the worst offender, no better than anyone else. And surely the consequences of, of those sins and those wrongdoings is death. And yet Jesus died, God came down, so that we might be washed away. We might be washed whiter than snow. That's what baptism symbols, that's what we saw when Paul was baptised the other week. The idea of being washed clean of all our sins and all our wrongdoings. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, you are clean, you are holy, and you are fully accepted by God. You see, when you think about it, when you look back over the story of Jonah, you realise it's a love story. Yes, about God loving Jonah, about God rescuing him from the depths, as we saw last week in the story. But actually, most importantly, it's a story of God's love for his people, a people who were messed up, a people who were broken, a people who were constantly acting performing acts of violence and hate and yet God loved them so much. He was, we, we worship a God who is waiting, longing for us to repent, to turn back to him, to change from our corrupt and messed up ways and he's waiting there with open arms as a loving Heavenly Father, wanting, longing to start and con to continue a relationship with us.
Lord, in a world in which many of us are feeling disconnected, disconnected with one another, with our earth, with you, Lord, as we face the very real prospect of a second wave of coronavirus with depleted resources and fatigue, we pray today for those living in fear, for those who are key workers, working long hours, often on sociable hours, and those who are living and working away from their loved ones. For those stranded abroad, unable to get home. For those working from home or in fragmented or widely dispersed teams. For those facing redundancy or fears of job insecurity. For those who live in isolation or who are self-isolating. For those living with enduring health problems who have been shielding or are shielding once more. For those who have lost loved ones during and because of the pandemic. For those children and their families who are homeschooling. For those living or working in rural or isolated parts of the world. For those in authority who face adversity for the decisions they make. For those living in poverty or suffering due to the loss of income. For those who continue to experience conflict around the world. For those who have nowhere to call home or whose home is not safe. For those peacekeepers in war-torn countries around the world. For those who cannot travel to be with family or friends. For those who feel anxious at the very thought of leaving their own home. For those who do not have access to or are, or are unable to use the technology available to connect with others. For those living with dementia and other mental health illnesses. For those who are weary or feeling overwhelmed. Let us be reminded that you never leave us or forsake us that even in the most turbulent of storms, you are our anchor, a lighthouse that guides us to safety. Let us not forget that the dark stormy clouds will move on and that the blue sky above never leaves, that this time of social distancing and isolation will not last forever. Equip us Lord Jesus with the resources to draw on your strength to endure this difficult time to reach out, to put down our anchor and deepen our connection with you and your people. Remind us, O oh Lord, that we are all in the same storm, though not in the same boat. Show us how to be kind and compassionate to one another. But above all else, Lord, we pray for peace, for the choppy waters to calm and for renewed faith. Let us be reminded of your promises and that your love endures forever. In your name, 
Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, that's it for this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure to have you uh, with us. Uh, and do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Do like, do share, uh, do sign up for our Facebook page where all the latest information is put. Also remember, we've now got a HBC Going Deeper Facebook uh, page, uh, no, Facebook group, which you can join where if you want to just explore spirituality and Jesus a bit more and maybe go into a bit more depth about uh, the sermons and stuff like that, then do join up with that group and there'll be loads of material on there every week for you to engage with. We're going to be um, finishing off our service now with a great song that talks about our forgiveness and the love that we have through uh, Jesus Christ. Um, we come in his name. So let's sing this song together uh, as we close. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care. God bless. Bye.